Hello, I'm Dan. I'm Simon. And this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article each week and we talk about what we find. Simon, what are we talking about this week? This week, Daniel, we're talking about orgy. Um, sorry? Orgy. Um, this... <laughs> okay. As per the rules of Clark Tholicism, the first article that I randomised on was orgy. Yeah. Uh, O-R... Wow. J-I... Orgy is a uh, village. Boo. <laughs> uh, Orgy is a village in southeast Nigeria. It's located on the Oweri North local government area of Imo State. The region is part of the ancient kingdom of Urata. Urata? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it is not a sexual orgy. Although I'm sure that sometimes orgy does become quite sexual. Um, it yeah. is, it is, there are many orgies in orgy. It is a small village. In fact, I, I'm going to have a look at... The, it has the coordinates here. It doesn't say anything about how big it is. Um, mm. So I'm just going to go on Google Maps and see how big is this place. Oh, and it's spelled differently on, on, on Wikipedia Maps, I should say. It's O-W-E-R-R-I. Ori, so maybe this maybe O W yeah E R R I yeah O W E R R I. So I don't know if this is a case of we've been put, I put an English pronunciation on orgy, but it is spelled O R J I, and I can't think of another way to pronounce that. Mm. <laughs> I mean, tell me more. Well, I mean, I would love to tell you more, but there is very little to tell. Um, it's part of the ancient kingdom of Urata or Urita. Um, orgy is one of several settlements along the Oreri Okigwe Road. In- oh no mm. including um several settlements along the Oeri Okigwe Road including Umachoke Umuagowurum Umuogi Umurkehi Umudu Umuyameka Umundala Umuasonye and Arrow I have no okay. doubt that I pronounced every single one of those names wrong out of sheer out of sheer cur- cur- Oh God, here we go. It's a, it's early. It's an early morning. <laughs> Curiosity is the word I was attempting there. Um, I've uh, I found a travel website. Oh yeah. About uh, the oh, now it's got the spelling O W E R R I. I'm still going to go with or orgy or orgy or orgy. Oh gosh, who knows? <laughs> anyway, this might be the most uh, spectacular website I've ever seen. Oh, go on. It's it's broken up into so. O-W-E-R-R-I, comma, Nigeria, has five tags, okay, mm-hmm. uh, and presumably in aiding in when one is wanting to travel uh, to kind of suggest this as a place to go. The, the five tags are as follows. Nature, friendly people, nightlife, cathedral, Ooh. art galleries. I, I want to go already. Now, there's further, there's further information as we scroll down this page. Uh several several kind of subheadings why should you visit Oweri what is the best time to visit this place how to get to this place how to move around <laughs> in. so it's clearly the translations are are quite quite cute um now there's the Assumpture cathedral which is one of the largest catholic cathedrals in nigeria apparently wow uh, does yeah. it, uh, any more information I mean, about how big it is because like, I, I don't know if, well, if there's like two cathedrals in nigeria i have no idea like I think it's a. I'm just going to tab out. I think it's a. It see. was a. Oh my god! It's bloody huge. Was Nigeria a British colony? I think it was. Um. Hang on, I'm going to have to Google this. I feel uh, terrible for not knowing. That. I don't know. Well, my point being, was it a Christian? Um, what's it called? Well, I think so. Would it have been a Christian colony <laughs> well, in the colonial period? 
Yeah, it's a Roman Catholic uh, cathedral, so you would have thought... Uh, yes, oh yeah. It, British Nigeria, yeah, British 1800 rule. to 1960. Sorry, guys. Yeah. We, we did it. Oops, we did it again. We enslaved a race. It's... <laughs> It's it's an unfortunate part of British history. Oh yes, that definitely shouldn't be um, put into a Britney Spears song. That's how I that's how I like to deal with all uh, cultural atrocities is to put them in various British oh, in Spears song, songs. Yeah. Like um, Toxic is basically just the, the legacy of the British Empire. Right. So I found this cathedral. It's a very very short Wikipedia article. Okay. Um, is the name given to a religious building, a Sumter Cathedral or a Wherry Cathedral, uh, is the name given to a religious building belonging to the Catholic Church, which is located in the town of, uh, located in the city of Awari, the capital of the state of Imo in the uh, southeastern part of the African country. It's, as its name indicates, it's dedicated to the Catholic dogma of the Assumption of the Virgin Mary. The temple Rome follows... Oh, God. The temple follows the Roman or Latin rite... Yeah. And is the main church of the Metropolitan Archdiocese of Awari, which began as an apostolic vicariate. Vicar, as in someone, that, a, a region that has a vicar, I assume. Yeah, I suppose. V I C A R I A T E. I guess. <laughs> Vicar you're, vicariate, you're the one who has yeah. more experience with the church at this point. Yes. I mean, this is Roman Catholic, though. This is where it gets very um, spicy. In uh, 1948, <laughs> and obtain, it obtained its current status in 1994. Right. From, John, from Pope John Paul II. Well, it looks quite nice. It's quite plain. <coughs> Excuse me. The tourism board says amazing things like... What is the best time to visit Awari? Every time of the year is a great time to visit the city. <laughs> okay, that's great. Fantastic. Uh, the nightlife apparently has a very vibrant nightlife. I can imagine that, actually. I mean, I say, if was you're this, touring Eastern Nigeria... Was this Nigeria, specifically? Or was this, was this a broader region that we were talking about? No, this is... <coughs> this is orgy specifically however it's this O-W-E-R-R-I spelling mm. if you're touring eastern Nigeria visiting orgy comes highly recommended <laughs> uh, people people come into the city from neighbouring out of state towns of Aba Auka Enugu and Port Harcourt to live and experience the party lifestyle in the city at night for some reason night is uh, capitalised <laughs> um, that, that implies a kind of Batman-esque night they come and enjoy yeah, yeah. the night. It's a. Uh, I mean, given it's under a category called nightlife, I think people would assume that they wouldn't be going in the day. Yeah, gosh, it's just a bit weird, so isn't it? What I've learned so from this entire experience is that there's a village we don't have basically no information about. But if you go to Nigeria, an orgy is recommended. Right. That 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 seemed to be the the conclusion. That that's the only useful piece of information I've learned. Yeah. Uh, oh oh, gosh, I, how strange. I see orgy. Oh, right. So on Google Maps, orgy. <laughs> Is a part of Oweri. Like it's like it's like saying um, we we've been getting like Hammersmith and London confused. I think it's like a right. It's like a, a village within the town. Oh, uh, it's like a borough. Yeah, yeah. I see. The Imo State University oh. is there, along with a computer lodge. Wow. wow. Clang. Yeah. Gosh. All right, there. Orgy. Stop boasting. Uh, I know very, very little about Nigeria. Like, I really, I really do. I know that John Boyega is from Nigeria. And I, I now know that it was a British colony. And that's about... It's also... Lagos is the capital. And it is the fastest growing city in the world, I think. Or it, it used to be the fastest growing city in the world. It was it was gaining something unbelievable, like half a million people a year or, or something crazy. I'm just going to Google that on the Wikipedia, actually, just to see... Uh, 
uh, hang on, Lagos growth. It, it might not be anymore. It might be somewhere in, in Asia. Uh, wow. It, okay, so it is, its population is 21 million. And in 1970, it had 1. 1.4 million. Wow. It is, that is a huge growth. Yeah, like every decade, it's grown by, what's that? About three to four million people. So yeah, getting on Jesus for half Christ. a million people a year come to the city. That's insane. Wow. I'm not sure if I'd... I, like, a part of me wants to, to, to say that I'd like to visit because I think it would be really... It would be such a different world. in mm. you know, Especially somewhere that's growing that quickly. Like, it's almost like a front... Well, not a frontier town because obviously it's a very established country. But, you know, like it's... There's just this energy about the place, I imagine, of all these people coming in. And presumably it's a very tough grind like to make a life mm-hmm. there, to actually stand out. But I'm not sure if I'd want to visit because I imagine it would also be absolute like hell on earth. It'd be, it'd be... Yeah. Well, didn't our, didn't a mutual friend of ours uh, go on a choir tour to Nigeria? Did they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, Tom Noon. Really? <laughs> with with yeah, with Kings London. Oh right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they went to Nigeria on tour, oh. which is just hilarious. It's, it, a chapel choir tour to Nigeria. I mean, it's not the first place that would come to mind as doing a chapel tour, but I mean, I suppose there's a large. I, I looked it up. It was forty percent of the population is is um, Christian. Uh, yeah, I was right. Nigeria. Uh, wow. Apparently, they sang in one of one massive church that was basically like a a hut on a grand scale, but they absolutely loved it. They, uh, the music was just, like they, they're really into uh, choral music there. All oh, right, we should, should we? Which is always a good sign. Should we? Speaking of choral music, should we address your outrageous cough that's been going on in this episode? Oh yeah, really sorry, everybody. Um, I'm uh, I'm quite ill. It's it's reached that time where uh, where where sickness has set in. Yeah. Uh, I think it's I think it's mainly been down to the sheer amount of singing I've been doing recently, just because it's quite a busy time of year um, for 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 the cathedral. Um, yeah, my my voice kind of gave out about a week ago, uh, and what started with just quite a raw feeling uh, throat and tickly cough, then progressed into a full blown, if you'll pardon the pun, full blown cold. Um, and which is which why is we missed pleasant. an episode last week. We we, yes. we missed an yeah, episode just... because um, I was in Berlin. That was my fault. But yeah. you know, Dan Dan has just been very poorly, so. Yeah, sorry about that. But I'm on the up now. I think I'm hoping I'm going to be better by by Friday because my parents are coming down to to visit, which is quite well, nice. It's just as well um, you don't have very much singing to do in the near future. Yeah, well, even song today, first carol service. Oh yeah, Christmas <laughs> tomorrow. Oh no, even song on Friday, carol service on Saturday, Handel's Messiah on Sunday. So yeah, pretty free really. What's <laughs> going on? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. how have you been, actually? We never do this on the podcast. How have you been, Daniel? I've been all right. You know, it's been it's been a busy time. It's a busy time of year for, for students at this time. There's lots of deadlines needing to needing to go in. So, fortunately, all of mine are out of the way, which is which is rather pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got my two uh, my two three thousand word essays done, which is very lovely. I have a meeting tomorrow about my dissertation proposal, which we were talking about uh, briefly uh, briefly earlier before we started recording. So that should be interesting. I'm hoping that meeting goes well. Um, I'm, I'm sure it will. Uh, to be honest, I'm just looking forward to when that's done and it's all approved and they're like, yes, you can actually do this as your dissertation. Uh, then I'm, I'm home free. I can kind of properly 
properly chill out. It's been getting very festive down here, though. The, the market's going from strength to strength, which is very nice. There's more and more Christmas music kind of uh, making its way into services. For instance, we sang we sang a carol as the anthem yesterday, which was quite fun. Oh, nice. Um, the Advent Carol by uh, by Richard Shepherd, which is actually very, very nice. Oh, I think I know that. Um, although I don't... I can't find a recording of it anywhere. Um, so uh, if you can, it's worth a listen. It's very, it's very nice. Um, I've got the tree. The tree is up. Yes, yeah. So, um, so have we. Yeah. Have you named yours? No. I mean, we. Do we had this discussion a few weeks ago, didn't we, about when was the right time to put the tree up? And I have definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pixel Girl has definitely changed my mind in in bringing it forward quite away mm. i'm now in roughly in line with when you put yours up but no to answer your question we haven't named our tree have you ah we've named oh yeah absolutely it's called um it's called noel noel so quite a nice little pun there if you uh noel <laughs> hey oh um, right i thought I, yeah. you should have called it chris so it could be a chris pine yeah, there you go very nice um he was noel had been <coughs> oh oh dear excuse me um Noel, it's one of those really annoying tickly coughs. You get halfway through a sentence, your throat dries up, and then you have to. So, uh. do forgive me. Um, he'd been looking rather, rather bare and barren um, over the past kind of couple of weeks because he didn't have any decorations on him. I managed to, I, I kind of jauntily threw a, uh, a a Santa hat on top, <laughs> on the very top. And then James has an old pair of glasses that we kind of perched under it. So he kind of just stands in the corner staring at the telly, which is quite <laughs> kind of sinister. But I went, um, I, I went to Ikea, the, Exeter, the new Exeter Ikea, with a friend uh, the other day uh, and had an absolute blast. I bought a bonsai and a geranium. Ooh. Whoa. Ooh. I know, it's very exciting. Um, and uh, along with that, um, some, some fairy lights and some really quite lovely Christmas decorations. Uh, from uh, from IKEA, which is quite nice. So he's looking he's looking bedecked, appropriately. Um, his halls are very much decked. Is it the first tree you've good. had called called Noel? Yeah, this is the first Noel. The the tree last year I don't think had a name. Um, he was just present. Um, but uh, and again, another good pun there. This tree, however, <coughs> is doing it's doing very well. I've actually got uh, two little. Uh, ornaments from the cathedral, uh, the extra cathedral stall from the market. Oh. There's a flying pig, a little glass flying pig, and uh, and an angel. Would it make you feel better if I randomly coughed in the middle of my sentences too? Yeah, I think it would. Just yeah. just by association. Um, yeah. Because uh, yeah, basically, Pixel Girl and I, we bought our tree. We did a on the weekend. We did a big Christmas. <coughs> Thanks very much. We did Cheers, a mate. we did a a, a Christmas shop. Um, but we we have ended up. With a fake tree, which is going to... I announced on a stream the other day, and um, it infuriated uh, Adam from Bristol, you know, one of our um, uh, long-term fans, uh, because I didn't realise he's a Christmas tree farmer. Oh, really? Yeah, an actual Christmas tree farmer. And I said that I had a fake oh tree. God. And he was like, he just in the chat, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you traitor. Um, so, yeah, we got a fake tree. And uh, we, we went to Wilco's and just did a, a huge old shop because um, it was... What I'm trying to say is that we've got a seven foot tall Christmas tree because it was on half price. So Fair. a large section of the living room, living room has just been dominated by this tree. Uh, I think ours is a... I've got a six foot, but it's also from Wilco's. Oh, it's a fake one as well. Yes, nice. yeah. Uh, it's the same one I used last year. I, was, I, I, I would like a real one, but now here's a little pro tip for you. What I've done with ours is 
you can get really some really quite nice either Christmassy scented candles or think the kind of thing that you'd um, hang an, on your um, on your like mirror, your review mirror. I see. Uh, in your car, like a scented thing. You can get ones that smell of pine. So I've just popped one in the middle of the tree and you get a nice piney fragrance. So it's almost as good as the real thing. Ah, I um, like that. Which is quite clever. There's also a really good, again, from Wilco's, there's a mulled wine candle you can get from, I think it's Airwick, um, which I highly recommend. It's absolutely awesome. Oh, OK. Duly noted. I have to admit, yes, I, 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 I am very, very proud of myself in that. <laughs> I, um, Cheers. Uh, I, I converted Pixel Girl because we went into Wilco's and she was like, we're not having any tinsel. We're having rose gold ornaments only. And I, I went along and I was like, mm, not not sure I'm a fan of that. Let's just see. Yeah. Uh, and then we did what all good relationships do. Uh, I kept saying my opinion until she accepted it and <laughs> we, uh, yeah. just turned around to my point of view. And we got a bunch of tinsel and some red baubles and a bunch of lights. She wanted the lights as well, in fairness. And um, now the tree is covered in tinsel and red baubles and she loves it. <laughs> so Lovely. I have successfully uh, convinced her uh, on that front. So Now I'm surprised that neither of us on the talk of Christmas trees have gone for the Melania Trump colour choice. Oh, she's because, gone for course, a colour choice? She's All of the trees in the White House this year are blood red. You're joking. No, I'm deadly serious. Hang on, White, I'm Googling. White House Christmas tree. That, that, oh, my Lord. Yeah. Blood for the blood, God. Absolutely. They're, they're like, this is our last Christmas in the White House before we get impeached. We're, let's just go out with a bang. <laughs> go full they're demonic. Weird, aren't they? That is bizarre. They don't even look like trees. No, they. Do you know what they look like? You know, on the, you know, when in Wallace and Gromit they went to the, they went to the moon. <laughs> yes, they look like they cheese, look like uh, those stalag- weird stalagmites. Stalagmites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is so weird. Well, no, uh, sadly, I really did not weird. go for um, a Melania Trump Christmas tree. Um, yeah. I, I've just, I've just gone for a White House Christmas tree with Obama and. That looks really nice. That looks really, really classy. Mm-hmm. Oh god, I miss Obama. Um, <coughs> but um, yeah, thanks Obama. So we've uh, yeah we've gone kind of Christmassy. We've got the, the advent calendars on the go. We've been listening to Christmas music uh, when I've been streaming. Ooh, where'd you get your advent calendar? I that's the- <laughs> here's the difference in our relationship. I got Pixel Girl a uh, Belgian chocolate. Uh, I can't remember the brand of it actually. Uh, it was like it was more than 10 pounds let's say that i wanted to get a really nice advent calendar and it's like a, a book mm-hmm. one that you open um and my advent calendar from her is a maltesers one which her sister gave her to give to me <laughs> which she left in nice. her car <laughs> i got really crumpled up so in the mornings they're both on the mantelpiece and it's like oh let's go into our advent calendar shall we and she like has her open book type thing gets a really chunky big Belgian chocolate like oh it's white chocolate this morning what have you got and I've got this half melted I think this was at one point meant to look like a Christmas pudding and it's like yeah. five millimetre thick it now, look, it now looks like a nightmare yeah but uh, bless her it's the thought that counts and she thought to get me Absolutely. a Christmas advent calendar so I'm very grateful uh, what about you what, what's your where's yours from well without wanting to uh, to rain on your parade uh, I've, uh, I've I've lucked in uh-huh. <laughs> this year James uh, my housemate um, 
his parents uh, got us both some uh, some some advent calendars as a, as a as a festive treat, which is quite nice. Um, they beat my parents to it because remember, mum used to send us some when you lived when you lived here. Mm. Um, but this year, James's parents have gone all out. Simon, they've they've absolutely <laughs> smashed it. We have Marks and Spencer. Whoa, Marks and Spencer salted caramel. Oh, uh, ad- yeah. So they're little. The little dark chocolate gold dusted balls, which is the best thing, the best way to have your balls. eat a ball, yeah. I think. Um, and it's filled with like a salted caramel, kind of gooey, oh. very liquidy centre. Oh, I can just imagine um, that melting in my mouth right now. Oh, it's like a little flavour bomb, which is just a lovely way to start. Although, because I'm an idiot, I think in my kind of sick stupor, um, James and I had the kind of the inaugural ceremony of having the first uh, advent chocolate on the first day. And uh, I found door number one. But for some inexplicable reason, I, I went to go and have door number two the next day. And yet, and the day before, I'd just eaten the one out of six. <laughs> I looked at it and went, hang on. I specifically remember finding one. Uh, I'll just pick any one me. of these doors. I'm sure it doesn't matter which yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> Like two above and to the left is six, and clearly Dan was like, "Actually, you know what? Six is where it's at." <laughs> Bam. So on. So tomorrow, I'm going to date the podcast. Tomorrow, uh, I'll have I'll be eating out of door number one. Um, and then and then it'll all be order will be restored. Yes. Yeah. Good grief. Well, we we've natted on. We've talked about orgies and we've talked about Christmas. We have. Uh, we've yet to touch on the delicate subject of Christmas orgies. Uh, yeah, of course. Which yeah. are a personal, personal favourite. Um, mm. But I feel like we should very quickly move on to Dan's choral piece of the week. Ooh. And this will be my piece of the week. Drum roll, please. All right, we've, got the, okay. we've had the jingle. Right. What's your choral piece of the week? Is it going to be a Christmas thing this week, Dan? I'm going to suggest... There's two things I'd like to suggest this week. One is strictly in keeping with, with, with the choral corner and, and, and the rules associated with it. And the other is something that I've been listening to that I think everyone needs to listen to because it'll change your life. Right. And it's, it's bloody good. So my choral piece of the week is Here is the Little Door by Herbert Howells. Um, absolutely stunning. Uh, it's often overlooked at this time of year uh, for, for Howell's uh, arrangement of a spotless rose, a snotless nose, <laughs> if you will. Um, but uh, here's the little door. <coughs> it's absolutely awesome. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of lush and it's a very fine example of kind of word painting, much like you, you'd find in, uh, in Peter Warlock's Bethlehem Down. Ah. Um, the second piece, the second piece, though, isn't choral. But it is oh, classic. sorry. I thought that was your segue into Bethlehem Down being your second piece. Oh wow, no, no, okay. No, no. This is this is going right. So my second piece is an album called Recomposed by Max Richter. Richter, oh, I love this album. British, yeah. Um, and he's recomposed for Valdi's Four Seasons. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful. Awesome. Again, this was on. This was. So this is a recommendation from a friend and. Wow, it's super great. Have you only just discovered um, it? Because I've been listening to this for like a couple of years now. No, no, I, I only found. I think uh, I've only found out about it within the last couple of weeks. Oh, um, wow. But I've, it's safe to say that I, I've been playing it kind of non-stop. It's been my my go-to playlist mm. as I've been walking to and from uh, the cathedral for services. I've been, I've, um, I've been because Max Richter's 
from that has become one of my favourite sort of modern composers. Yeah. And interestingly, he does a load of work with um, most of the BBC film or extended series. Oh, so really? things like Taboo. Remember Taboo? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did a load of music on that. I think he might have had a, a shoe in for, <coughs> for War and Peace. There's loads of stuff. Um, but I've been, I've been listening to it, not only through my headphones, but I made a musical purchase uh, not long ago. Um, thanks to uh, Amazon's fantastic Prime Deals and Cyber Monday. Mm. I normally don't buy into Amazon at this time of year because I feel it's a bit of a cop-out for getting presents for people. I'd rather get like a proper a proper kind of a, a thought-through gift rather than knowing that I can yeah, stress, yeah. get a discount and get it the next day, you know. But anyway, I was looking along and I've been after a really good uh, wireless Bluetooth speaker. Mm-hmm. Um the the TV can get pretty loud, but because I listen to quite a lot of music, um, usually with you know with a very very high end treble, um, it's just like a television speakers aren't cut out. You really need like a proper dedicated speaker. Anyway, I was looking for something to go for, and I'd been watching and reading lots of different reviews of speakers, and I came across uh, Ultimate Ears is the brand UE, uh, and they do uh, loads of different speakers. Uh, Ed used to have two of the smaller ones, my older housemate called the ue boom i think it's called anyway they also come do something called a mega boom which is like super great it's been really massively reviewed everyone goes mad about it apparently it's like brilliant it's super pricey though it's like 269 pounds for this wireless speaker um something you could like throw in a bag it's not massive yeah however i managed to get it for oh that's all the fairy lights just falling down above me oh no um Look at the yeah. stars fall down. I feel like that scene in the in uh, Chitty Bang Bang when the child catcher gets the net. You know, <laughs> you just been trapped by the yeah. fairy lights. <laughs> you, were you enticed um, into your nook by the promises of um, ice cream and lollipops? Treacle tarts. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Long story short, I managed to get a two hundred and sixty-nine pound portable speaker for like seventy quid. Nice. And it's awesome. And it arrived yesterday and I've been playing lots of things out of it. And it's just blown my mind. The bass is incredible. The kind of the actual soundstage of the thing is super cool. And I've been pay- playing a lot of uh, Stephen Fry narrating Harry Potter. And if I close my eyes and customise all the different levels, it sounds like Stephen Fry sitting in front of me, <laughs> reading me the book. Not at all a strange just... image. You're just sat there on the sofa with your eyes closed and Stephen is there sat in the room just reading Harry Potter to you. Yeah. Oh god, that would that. I mean, what a Christmas! What a gift! That'd you know that that sounds like a, an image that for the Wikicast Advent calendar, which ah, oh, which is amazing. Today's to, especially uh, yeah. is superb. <laughs> so on the day of recording, uh, it's 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 day number five, and it features me tucking into a turkey, uh, but you're you're the head of the turkey. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a stunning piece of work. My favourite so far is the Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, where we're, we're yes. all the characters can can we put together like an imager or an imger, however you're supposed to pronounce it, album with all of them? Because I feel like I want to see them all in one place. Well, I think what I'm going to try and do uh, is towards the end of the month compile all of these photos and Photoshop them onto like a default advent calendar oh, yeah, design yeah. and do them in miniature so you can actually kind of do each one and, ha- and have like a full look. But Judith is doing an absolutely incredible job. Yeah, I can't remember who who runs the Judith account, but Judith, I, no, I Judith can't Dawson, either. you're doing an amazing job, sweetie. It's stunning, That's... stunning work. Oh, right, right, right. 
So we find ourselves in Critics Corner, and Daniel, I, I have two words for you, and I, I, I want to set you going. Okay. Fantastic Beasts. Oh, no. Why did you... <sighs> Go. <laughs> I'm so upset. I'm genuinely... It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mingled feeling of fury, alarm, disappointment... Uh, personal attack. <laughs> um, I, w- I made the foolish mistake of messaging my housemate uh, a couple of weeks ago and saying, "Hey, we should do a we should do a house trip out. We've both been really busy. We haven't really seen each other. Let's go and watch a film." I'd quite like to go and see Fantastic Beats because if you haven't heard on this podcast, if you're a new listener or if you've been listening for many years, I don't often talk about it, but I quite like Harry Potter. Yeah, I picked up on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I try. You know, I don't want to go on about it. Um, I love it, but. The uh, I saw the first Fantastic Beasts and was like, yeah, that's okay. <clears throat> it kind of excelled because it was, it wasn't, it was okay with being a standalone kind of thing, you know. Um, it wasn't trying to jump in on the previously established Wizarding World of kind of Potter's generation. Anyway, I went in to see the Crimes of Grindelwald, and you know it's bad when the film ended, the credits, uh started rolling and while it was still dark and it was quite a full cinema i stood up and started sobbing through no through two middle fingers up to the screen and literally (laughs) said very loudly fuck you and walked out (laughs) i was so cross i think okay so the reason i was cross here we go i'm just sat here in the corner like yeah so (laughs) the hate flow through you It's yeah. Um, <coughs> um, I can feel your anger. Um, the uh, the Fantastic Beasts trope thing of having all of these weird and wonderful creatures. Every single creature, with the exception of Wicket, the little um, the little. Uh, oh gosh, this is gonna. Um, <laughs> oh, I should know what it is. Anyway, it'll come to me in a second. Um, Every creature was used as a trope to get the characters out of a sticky situation because clearly they'd written a story and gone, oh, f- we've got a plot hole here, or, oh, God, timing doesn't work, or, oh, no, how are they going to do this? And they use a beast to aid them. And you're you're made aware of this in, like, the first 15 minutes of the film. So you just start, you whenever you see a new, <coughs> a new beast, you're like, well, how are they going to... How long is it going to be before you suddenly realise, oh, this is why they've been introduced, because they need to, like, travel across Paris in a second. So they'll use this thing that can run really quick. Or, you know, um, the the kind of... The, the, the newer characters that were introduced in this film weren't nearly as developed as I, I thought as they should be. So what resulted was these massively kind of emotional, heartbreaking moments... Um, weren't at all because you just had no connection to these characters and what was even worse is that previously established characters or characters that are so loved and known in the in the in the kind of the the canon if you like i.e dumbledore um they they, he just did the most out of character weird shitty stupid things and and said these weird things you're like well that he'd never do that that's not what albus would do what do you you know um, the only not redeeming hashtag factor, not my Albus. Well, absolutely. Um, the only redeeming factor of the film is I thought they managed Grindelwald's uh, motivation for wanting to bring about a second 
wizarding war, basically, or a war against the muggles, I thought was mm. really clever. I'm not going to say what it is because it is quite well done. Um, but I thought like, oh, I kind of like that. That That's clever. He It kind of, it doesn't so much humanise him, but it makes him a good villain because you can understand what he means. That's always like a really good sign of like... Yeah, you have to be able to um, empathise with their perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I kind of could do that. Um, it doesn't forgive it though, because Johnny Depp is just a annoying presence on screen he does this stupid this stupid english accent he does whenever he's trying to do anything you know i think of back to like when he was doing sweeney todd yeah or you've got you've got this weird it's like he's in a weird costume drama trying to be sinister but then he's got a bit of an accent because he's because grindelwald's foreign Mm. um i was just massively disappointed um and it really, really... It seems like it's it every aspect of the film, basically, has has pissed you off. Absolutely. I'm going to actually recall what I said. I think I phrased it quite eloquently on Facebook. I did a, I did a post. Um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to kind of organise my thoughts at the moment, but I can't really do it. So I'm going to read what I said, uh, and it kind of explains how I feel. So okay. <clears throat> this is an extract from my, my newsfeed. Decided on a house trip to the pictures tonight. Crimes of Grindelwald, fantastic scapegoats and how to use them. Now anyone who knows me will understand that I'm obsessed to the point of madness with J.K. Rowling's world, its characters and how much these stories have meant to me growing up. I am absolutely gutted. Poorly written, tropes shoehorned in left, right and centre, but most crushingly of all, a complete failure to inspire in its audience a desire to believe and escape to this magical place that's hiding all around us. A well-aimed and spectacularly powerful kick in the teeth to anyone who loves wizarding, the wizarding world. I'll save a full review for a different forum and um, for when I've had uh, time to decompress from the waking nightmare of a film I've just seen. One out of five stars, speechless. Um, and most interestingly a lot, it's actually had I've had quite a lot of feedback on that post about people and an overwhelming number of people feel exactly the same way. Yeah. There, there are a lot of people who are cross about this film. Yeah, um, I am. Um, I, I, it seems to be quite a thing on YouTube. I haven't watched any of the videos, but I know there are a lot of review videos with basically the same conclusion that it that it's terrible. You're not alone, I think, in, in, in this opinion. Yeah, it's crap. Don't go and see it. I mean, everyone will go and see it because... But now I kind of want to see it to see how bad it is. Like, it's like an Adam Sandler film. I, re- I really want you to see it because I want you to tell me what you think because we're going to come at these things from two very very different perspectives Mm. you know you can probably i was so caught up in how much it was changing canon and law about the universe that i you know if i was ever to go on to like mastermind or anything i mean you've lived with me i i'm obsessed with these books i know like every inch of them oh bow truckle um that's what i'm thinking of the the animal that wicked is is a bow truckle um uh yeah, it's just, it's stupid. The very end of the film also is... I, I think I might know how they're going to save it in the next film in explaining how they've basically just rewritten biographies and, and the kind of uh, families of certain characters. Because there's a big twist at the end where you're like, hang on a minute. I think I know how they're going to do it. But when you end like that with no explanation and nothing has even been hinted to in the past that this might be a possibility, it's just basically like, oh, look, they're trying to be edgy. So... Oh, we'll just we'll just we'll make a massive sweeping generalized change to the story, and people will be like, "Oh, wow, that's so exciting!" When no, because Harry Potter is so loved, yeah. <laughs> the world around it, people are just going to go, "Well, that doesn't make any sense," because we've we've lived and breathed it for years, you know, like decades, nearly. Um, uh, yeah, I was I'm really sad about it, but I'd like I'd like you to go and see it. I, I want to hear our readers' thoughts on it as well. 
Um, Absolutely, yeah. You know, read, readers do write in to spongyelectric at gmail.com. Uh, I, I, I definitely want to hear about it. Um, I mean, mm. I will maintain my original point that I made about Sp- um, Fantastic Beasts when it first came out, which is that they picked the wrong topic for it to base these movies on. They wanted to do another mm. Mudbloods versus Pure Bloods, basically a proxy for racism plotline. Um, they should have done it about climate change. They should have done it about species extinction. They should have done an environmental issue because that's what Newt Scamander is about. He's, they shouldn't have tried to do Harry Potter again they should have told a different story within the universe and had a different allegorical point to make yeah <sighs> yeah. and they're just it's so frustrating because on paper the story of Grindelwald and Dumbledore is fascinating like that's, that would be such an interesting story to tell but then much like with um, The Last Jedi you have these moments where whole whole you know like 20 25 minutes of the film is taken up with a stupid side story that no one gives a shit about yeah you just you know like it's it's yeah it's a real it's a crying shame i think the performances on screen bar um johnny depp you're like yeah they're all pretty good you know eddie redmayne's good you know he's a good he's a good actor he does the character well um i thought um jude law gave a pretty in, pretty kind of fitting interpretation of Dumbledore and like you can see that he's clearly done work into trying to make sure that he kind of flows into his predecessors but it was more just how he was written that made him stand out as being something different you know yeah uh and again about tropes there's this whole thing about Dumbledore basically says and you see this in the trailer so it's not a spoiler he can't he needs he needs Newt's help because Dumbledore can't move against Grindelwald you just can't do it. And in the films that you think, like, oh, it's because they loved each other, you know, like, and, and that's what you know about in, in the books. They, you know, you find out that they were kind of like, you know, very much in love. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the book, in the film, sorry, in, in Crimes of Grindelwald, you find out there is an actual reason why they can't. And again, it's a stupid trope that is, it's just crap. And it's put in right near the end of the film and it's just, oh, it's rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking speaking of negative reviews, I um I don't know if you've already seen this, but I did a video where I talked about um Name of the Wind. Oh yeah, I saw. <coughs> so I didn't actually watch your video on it. No, no um, but I saw that you given it. Was it like three and a half, three and a half stars? Well, uh, yeah, I I gave it three because I I felt like well on Goodreads you have to give integer numbers of stars. Probably three and a half would probably be more right. of a fair rating. Uh, but yeah, I right. had some some big old problems with the book. And it's interesting in that the response to, to my review has been a, probably maybe 60-40, 60 not agreeing with me, but about 40% saying you're mm-hmm. absolutely bang on. Like, this is exactly my yeah. problem with the book. And the other 60% saying, no, I disagree with your opinion because of this. Um, mm-hmm. And effectively... But the short review is I thought the book was very entertaining and I'm going to read the sequel partly just to see if it's, if it's as bad as people say it is um, but uh, much as I found it entertaining and I thought the structure was very original and I thought the world building was great uh, I particularly like the way that magic works in, in like as, as kind of like a science to it um, yes. I really didn't like Kvoth or, or it's not that it's Kvoth apparently I think I've been pronouncing it wrong mm-hmm. this entire time um, I just think he's a prick and I know that there is the issue of the unreliable narrator, and I basically my problem with the story, well, with, sorry, the problem with the story, with the problem with the book was that he's just not got any flaws as a character. A lot of people are disagreeing with yeah. me on that. A lot of people are saying that his pride and his hubris has has done all these things. 
but so, uh, this is where you know you obviously have the problem with the unreliable narrator and like he's obviously going to make himself look like he does nothing wrong but i didn't interpret any of the stuff that goes wrong really as being his fault it was always a, the problem of circumstance um mm -hmm. and i just didn't like him at all and apparently the sequel is worse for that it, it makes him uh, he tells the story as if he's completely flawless and he has all these women falling for him and like there was a particular scene uh, you'll, you'll know this when he's at the archive and um there's the female student on the desk in the ambrose oh yeah the upper class yeah, guy yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's just like well naturally i just went in and i like walked all over him with my wits and he walked off all embarrassed because i had to go and protect her honor uh and it's just a bit like yeah mm -hmm. f off both just just no i don't i don't want to hear this yeah. anymore it was tiring i was just waiting for stuff to go wrong for him like at the end when i won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't read the book but when something happens with his loot i was like thank god thank god something's gone wrong for you um yeah i i, I enjoyed it don't get me wrong and i i am gonna read the sequel and the slow regard of silent things um but yeah i because I, you really really loved it didn't you mm. I really liked it. There are definitely moments when he does come across as an arrogant kind of twat. Yeah. I think I justified that in my mind of he's been made this from the just f***ing miserable childhood he's had. Like, he's he's reached this point now where he just he does just have to be almost... He, this His arrogance and his coldness is... He's kind of like a product of his own experience. Yeah. And I, so I, that, that kind of... The way that he is it's almost you know the thing that i thought was really clever is that you know how he always whenever he talks about music and how emotional it is and how much feeling there is and music in the in the in the world context of the kind of world within the book um is incredibly powerful mm. you know like it, it can it moves people to absolutely you know tears and stuff and when he kind of waxes lyrical about things like that it's almost done as kind of anaphora um uh in in kind of direct comparison to his him losing his parents and him you know spending days with broken ribs sleeping on rooftops because he's been just treated like absolute shit. so it's quite interesting to see that kind of that kind of like duality to his character yeah but there are moments when you, he does just come across as a bit of a knob but i, I don't know i kind of liked that i, I, like, I well, know yeah, that they're also know. he's uh, you know based on what a lot of other people have said i agree that i think he's been written that way such that when he falls in the third book which brings about the whole terrible situation that the world finds itself in it's more meaningful yeah. and like you know he's yeah he, it's an it's the, the what's it twice the pride double the fall um mm -hmm. you know i like i can get that but just on its own as a book it, i didn't think the structure worked, i didn't think he as a character and as a narrator worked and i just mm -hmm. yeah it's a bit disappointed by it but fair yeah. enough now before we just briefly before we move on um because we're, we're talking about books um I have been recommended uh, a load of I've, I've very fortunate friends given me some some uh, books of poetry, some magazines on poetry, and then there's a, a selection of prose poetry, um, and it's a book called By Grand Central Station I Sat Down and Wept. It's by a Canadian author, Elizabeth Smart. It's been described as one of the half dozen masterpieces of poetic prose in the world. Wow, okay. I've read bits of it. And it's insane. Um, I'd like you to read. Um, I'd like. I'd like you to read it firstly, and I want you to to, to kind of uh, review it. But I'm going to read you a a, a a kind of a brief extract, if you'd like. Well, not an extract, kind of a summary of what it is to try and explain, give you an idea of of what it is you'd be reading. Sure, um, sure, okay. But it's 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 insane. So 
It's commonly believed that the book is commonly believed to be based on the author's passionate affair with the British poet George Barker, 1913 to 1991, but she began writing the novel before she started seeing Barker. Therefore, it's only loosely based on this affair. Basically, from what I can understand, um, Elizabeth Smart basically read this guy's poetry, completely fell in love with him. Um... Uh, yeah, Smart discovered Barker's poetry in the late 1930s in a bookstore in London. She met uh, several years later uh, him, and they had an affair for 18 years, um, uh, which included bearing four of his 15 children. In the novel, the multiple pregnancies are, re- are reduced to one, and the other details of the affair are largely omitted. Um, uh, and and the kind of the, the, this guy George is basically he's not not really kind of mentioned at all. Um, but it's the way that it's written is incredible. It's all mainly based on truth. And basically by the end of it, um, there's this moment where she's she's born him like four kids and he basically just kind of ups and leaves and just leaves her. Okay. Um, and the, 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 the... I'm going to try and find you an extract because... Okay, I'm going to read you some here. And this gives you an idea of what her, her, her prose is like. So there's, there's a bit here... I have learned to smoke because I need something to hold on to. Perhaps I am his hope, uh, but then she is his present. And if she is his present, I am not his present. Therefore, I am not. And I wonder why no one has noticed that I am dead and taken the trouble to bury me, for I am utterly collapsed. I lounge with, allow- with glazed eyes or weep tears of sheer weakness. Like, the poetry is... Just, like... Oh man, it's she's just pouring her heart out onto the page, and it's so cleverly written. Um, How so? Is, the, it's, abs- is it a collection of poems, or is it a book? It's a book. It's it's like a, it's a it's a piece of um, prose poetry. Oh, so like um, um, Paradise Lost kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Ah, I'm, I'm not a I am not a fan of poetry generally, but I will give this a go, seeing as it's so it's, yeah. it has such great stature. Um, I will mm-hmm. have to give this a go. Um, it's uh, for, as I say, I'm kind of that's what I'm reading at the moment. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm quite near the beginning at the moment, but it's just it's super powerful. It really, really is. Um, and I'd be really curious to see what you think. And I'm sure that like if you did if you did a video on it, people will have heard this title before and been like, oh yeah, either I've read it and it's insane, or oh I've wanted to but I haven't. You know, I don't want to. I haven't got round to it. Or well, that assumes that people but, um, actually. Uh... It's not big. It's very. It's very short. But it's. Yeah, that assumes um, that people are going to watch anything I make, which seems to be a bad assumption at the moment. Um, well, that's true. On the subject yeah, yeah. of watching stuff, before we close out the section, I uh, want to mm-hmm. bring up the Oxcast Jingle Jam because it is currently on. We are in the first week of, oh, yeah. of the Oxcast doing streams every day for about like nine hours a day or more, or like twelve hours a day. Yeah. Um, and they have raised. I'm going to look at the total now. Just shy of two million dollars already. Um, Gosh, it's do- not quite as fast. Uh, as last year but I think last year they had a lot of awesome games so the way that for those of you who don't know the Oxcast Jungle Jam is a thing where you can donate money to charity if you donate more than 35 bucks you get access to a huge number of video games Um, and they release they tell you which games you're getting uh, at a rate of one per day during December and it works out to like $800 worth of games so it's an incredible like deal um, if you mm-hmm. if you're into games also you can support a whole bunch of charities including Stand Up to Cancer um uh, the Wallace and Gromit Trust, which is the 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 charity in Bristol for the Children's Hospital, um, as a whole, you know, a l- range of great causes, and you get some games out of it. And I think what they've been doing is pacing when they release the big headline games, so that they keep 
a more of a steady rate of donations throughout the year whereas like last year they raised a million dollars in the first day they didn't quite do that this year i feel like they're being more strategic um yes and i don't know have you have you caught any of the streams at all uh, I watched the very, very first one. Oh, the Jingle Cats. And then I was, uh, I listened, yeah, I watched a bit of uh, the Bristol Market the other day. Yep. But otherwise, the evening ones are on a bit of a weird time because that's when I have to head off to, oh, of course, to, work, to, yeah. to Cathedral. Well, I, um, but I'm looking forward to the hat stuff. And you know, Yeah, well, they did their music album uh, stream this week and I think they're going to have another one next week. I think they're doing an Uno stream at some point. Um, I can't definitely say anything at this point, but it would be good if people um if people could keep the evening of the 22nd of december free and maybe hold mm. on to a couple of bucks uh you might you, you you know something might be happening on the evening of the 22nd cool um so yeah nothing 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 confirmed yet but worth bearing in mind maybe maybe yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, which is very exciting. Awesome. And if you're not watching, you should absolutely check them out. And if you like games, it's a great way to get um, some fantastic games. But that is, we've been talking about stuff for way too long. We've pissed off Sally the Page uh, endlessly, no doubt. Um, so should we should we move on to Patreon Corner? Top lad. So we're here again. It's Patreon Corner. This is the part of the podcast where we'd like to say a massive thank you. Patreon.com forward slash the Wikicast. Yeah, I've realized bam, bam, bam. There it is. We never actually plug, say plug, the plug. link. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash the Wikicast. It's because we're professionals, Simon. Yes, okay. Very. Um you know, as I was saying, this is the this is the part of the podcast where we'd like to say a massive thank you to our top lads. Our top lads, uh, they donate five dollars a month and keep this podcast going. It pays for things like our hosting, um, our monthly donation to Wikipedia, and allows Simon and I to uh, to travel as and when it's needed to 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 do some really cool stuff in person mm. uh, for the good of the channel, Spongy and Electric on YouTube, or the podcast that you're listening to right now. So, without further ado, I personally would like to say a massive thank you to Ben Dent. Ben McMurtry and Billy Toulson. I'd like to thank Bryce D. Wilkins, Chocker Cat, and Connor Levers. There's, of course, the one, the only Dan Hanvey, Davy Shram Vontabel, and Elliot Conway. Eric Davis, Habiba Amjad, Henry Brewster, Isabel Atrosky, Jay Wright, and John Mannion. Jody Eschendahl, Kyle Much, and Lachlan Woods. Lewis Watson, Maggie and Marut Vakira Punyawat. Matt McGuire, Fee Gascoigne, Rory Healy. Simon Tors. Uh, Oh, so f***. Moustache, man. <laughs> he's changed Such, his name. He's changed his name. Oh, God, that's I, so frustrating. We were going so, so well. I was confused then as well. I was like, wait, I, like, I don't support what? the Wikicast. <laughs> okay, we've got the moustache man, uh, Simon Torseth and Tapio Kirkinen. And Whitney Fairies and wonderful Stephen. Thank you so much, guys, for your ongoing support. You do make the podcast possible. You prop up Wikipedia Absolutely. by a pretty substantial amount per month. Like we've we've donated, I think, over the course of this podcast now, well over a hundred pounds to to Wikimedia. So yeah. you know, think of all those times you see those donation drives, and it's like if everyone donated a pound now, we we could stop this in ten minutes. And it's like, well, you have been supporting them consistently every month. So thank you for that. You know what you haven't been supporting though. Is Team F***ing Cat. Oh, yeah. 28 to 30. No, 28 34. to 34. It's even worse. Um, team Dog, still in the way. It's going to be a good Christmas, you know. Uh, it's, a good, it's a good sign. I'm, I'm giving up hope, to be honest, that Team Cat's ever going to come out on top. Guys, if you have a dollar a month and you want to support the show, but you don't want to splash out with five bucks a month, just put a dollar a month into Team Cat. It'll make me happy. 
It'll, it'll make the cats happy if you can make a cat happy, which you definitely can. But it definitely can't. Definitely can. It will definitely make me happy. So that's why you should do it. Patreon.com forward slash the Wikicast. Anyway, on with the show. <coughs> <coughs> So now we find ourselves in Crisis Corner, and we have a new crisis for you this week. So for those of you um, who maybe haven't listened to the show in a while, what we're doing now is we're going to read you a reader who is in crisis, anonymous, um, and we would like your opinions. We would like you to write in to spongyelectric at gmail.com, and this, this, the strength of this section really depends on you, our community, and we will give our two cents, but we wanted this to be the, a, a chance for you to have something definite to email in about and a chance to help your fellow uh, anonymous member of the community. So what I'm going to do is read out a, a message which Anonymous has sent us, and then I would like you, yes, you, listen to this right now. Even if it's a very brief email, I want your thoughts on it. So are you sitting comfortably, Dan? I am indeed. Great. Okay, well, I have a message here from Anonymous, who writes, Dear Messrs. Clark and Moore, I seek advice on affairs of the heart and moving on from the same. My girlfriend and I met a little over two years ago in university during our mutual studies in Iceland. She's from country A and I country B, and together we forged out a little life, made good friends and even gained a family. She lived with a local family. We took care of their children, the dog, and went on little trips with them, Halkian days. Our time together in Iceland came to an end on completion of our studies, and together we decided our next adventure would be Vienna. We moved here at the beginning of October, and though I can safely say it's the most beautiful city I've ever been in, it has been incredibly hard to find work ever since we got here. We were blessed with a friend's apartment to live in, very central, very low rents, just the two of us, but finding a job has been next to impossible. This brings us up to last week, where the person I love most in the world turns to me and says, I don't want to be here anymore and I want to go home. I'm not willing to put any more effort into this relationship. I still love you. I think you're really handsome, but I'm not sexually attracted to you at all. Out of the blue doesn't cover it. There is, to be sure, a significant age gap between the two of us, and she tells me she does not want to be tied down in any relationship. I write this message as she stands in front of me in the kitchen, finishing the last of her packing before jumping on a bus tonight. I don't know what is next for me. My family and I at home in country B, not very close, nor do my now closest friends live there. I don't want to be in country B at all. I feel more aimless and lost than ever before in my life and don't know what's next. I would love to know if any readers have ever found themselves in a similar situation or if anyone has any thoughts whatsoever. Thank you very much for your time. Kind regards, Anonymous. Wow. Wow, that's a, that's a very, very heavy one. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure that most people listening to this will have been in relationships that, well, I'm imagining that a lot of people will have been in similar situations with their relationships. Some people may be... Yeah, maybe in similar situations with living in places and um, you know, and not be able to sort of make something work and sort of weighing up what your next moves are. Some people may have had both of these situations over the top of one another, like Anonymous has. But I would very much like to hear from all of our readers. I think this is this is a a reader very much in need, Um, and I'm, Mm. I'm very glad that we have the platform to kind of air this out. And I hope that we can offer to you, Anonymous, some. Uh, some good advice courtesy of our readers so please do get writing Absolutely. in everyone um, I've got some opinions spongyelectric at gmail.com I have some opinions on this already but I, w- I w- will wait until next week to, to go through those 
and to hear from our, our dear dear readers. We do also have a uh, a crisis update from a uh, from a previous uh, anonymous Simon. I don't know if you saw this. Oh right. Uh, anonymous. This now. This was in reference uh, uh, a few weeks ago now uh, to uh, in regards to where somebody should go to do their masters after finishing their undergrad. Um, uh, so I'll go. I'll, I'll just read the uh, read the correspondence. So uh, from anonymous, dear Dan and Simon, thank you for your perspective on my crisis corner situation a couple of weeks back regarding where I should go to do my masters after finishing my undergrad degree. Yes. I'd like to think that the other readers and listeners would have given their, um, who gave their opinion. I'd like to thank sorry the other readers and listeners who gave their opinions too. It was really appreciated. I'm happy to update that due to all the planets aligning or some other cosmic event, my home situation has now changed to the ideal situation. My younger sister has moved out, leaving an empty bedroom. This means I can now stay at home with a room to myself and less screaming kids running about the house. I'm currently writing my personal statement and should be sent, sending it off in the next month. I can confirm I'm applying for an MSc in Molecular Genetics and Diagnostics at the University of Nottingham for September entry. Fingers crossed I get an offer. Thank well, you hey. once again, Anonymous. That's brilliant. So well done, uh, readers. Well done. Uh, go, going through and, and congratulations to Anonymous there for uh, for the for the planets aligning and, and you sound considerably less stressed, which is which is good. Yeah, well done, Anonymous, and also well done all of us for for the advice. Clearly, we helped. indeed. But yeah, well done. Ah, oh, well, okay, but that that's good. We've we had a very very heavy start to this section. That's nice. We've just had a little lilt, a little lift as we go out of this section. But please do very seriously email in spongyelectric@gmail.com. We want to hear your opinions. Now, Dan, mm. onwards, noble steed. I'm going to ride you over into <laughs> correspondence corner. Oh gosh, I've just I've just spotted in the inbox. We've got an email from. It's a hecking ruddy email. Well, hang on. Let me get down off you first. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. On you okay. go. Right. Now we can both read it. This is from. Uh, this is from hecking ruddy George, the man, the myth, legend. I'm just going to circumvent. Uh, we haven't had a we haven't had a hecky ruddy ruddy email for a while. No, um, my sanity came back. Hecking ruddy George goes. George goes on to say, "Here's the thing." What we decide resides in our minds and doesn't define who we are till we do it. But then when we done it, <laughs> who'd have funk it? We, fe- we fecked it. Like Britain after Brexit, we left derelict. We're in the present knocking on the door of the future, trying to make an excuse for our past, which is kind of useless. The past is retarded. That is, it's unmoving. Consuming thoughts, it's vastness and illusion. The future is vaster. I'll focus on that. I'll push the past of the... I'll push the past off its, pes- off its pedestal and call it a twat. By the way, this email is a stream of consciousness, half real, half nonsense. Kind regards, Hurricane uh, Rugger George. A P.S. Uh, I might write uh, Robot Wars Wikicast fan fiction. Wow. You know, you know how, like, at, at the time, people thought that Jesus was crazy and that what he was saying yeah. didn't make any sense? Yeah, yeah. Do you think Hecking Ruddy George, if he were alive then, would have had the same reaction? Or is he oh, actually absolutely. nuts? No, I think Hacking Roddy George is the second coming. Lord help us all. I kind of sympathise with with uh, with Hacking Roddy George actually because I was writing a message to somebody the other day and just decided to write it in poetic verse rather than just sending a normal human message. Um, hang on, let me see if I can find it. Do we have any other correspondence, Simon? Oh yes, sorry, we do. Um, we have an email here from Jack Hall called Back to Academia. Hello, Dan and Simon. Since Simon has stopped his weekly vlogs, I thought out of spite I would go back and watch his final year PhD vlogs to remember that great motivation I felt during the first time I watched them and to hopefully help me continue working hard during my PhD. Cheers, Simon, for getting me down this rabbit hole. Parentheses, twat. 
Anyway, back to the point of the email. Even during your very tough final year, I can see moments of the love you have for your field and got me thinking. Would you ever go back to academia, say X to uni, back to your beloved chapel choir, back to doing science, albeit with a without a two to three hundred page book to submit at the end? I think you'd be a great lecturer. And as for Dan, are you okay, man? Every vlog you're dr- you <laughs> every vlog you're drinking, or has Simon just biased your life in an attempt to keep his own life honest? Um. <laughs> Note, this email was sent independently after the podcast of Dan drinking Angostura bitters. And apologies for the English. I'm Northern. All the best, lads. Jack. (laughs) I'm Northern. That's (laughs) awesome. Well, are you all right? uh, Jack, I'm I'm fine. No, I've actually been really good. Um, I I, I went mad in my first year. I remember that. Um, I think like like most people in their first year, um, you just suddenly realise that you can just do whatever you want whenever you want um but no i'm i'm, I'm all right i mean i'm, I'm not well uh, the in moment, the head no, no I'm, I'm just i'm just uh, i'm just ill but but I'm, I'm all right but thank you so much jack for your concern um i, I haven't had any angostura bitters since the since drinking it the last episode um neat but, uh, repeatedly yes yes absolutely yeah um but I'll, I'll be using it at some point i'm sure to uh to make some cocktails and things you know That'd be fun. I mean, as as for me coming back to academia, I don't rule it out at all. I, don't, I definitely don't think it's impossible for me to come back. Um, Do you think you like the idea of being a lecturer? Yeah, I'd love to be a lecturer. I, I love the I love teaching. Whenever I give talks, I, I love that chalk and talk kind of thing and i love giving mm-hmm. I, yeah I, I like teaching on a large scale um which is basically what i do on youtube but it's much nicer to see it in the flesh and in person um mm-hmm. yeah I, i'd like to it's not something that i want to do right now in because i i want to give this a crack at doing at doing youtube um but i yeah i it's it's, it's definitely something that i'm not against doing in the future uh, although the longer you're out of academia, the more difficult it is to get back in. Um, you know, you, you've kind of lose touch of things. Also, being a postdoc is a very hard life. Like once you do the PhD, that is like the last safe port. After that, it's like postdocs are full on. Like, and you have to do a lot mm. of them before you get a tenure position. So, you know, it's it, it's something that I'm not overly against, but I'm not r- desperate to come back. <laughs> That's yeah, fair. Let's put it like that. <laughs> in, uh, in, in, in just to kind of throw back to, to Hecking Ruddy George, I mentioned earlier that I will sometimes just write in, in poetic verse. Um, I was having a chat with a friend and uh, I'd mentioned, you know, I've, I think I've mentioned before my amazing great uncle who whittles his own canoes. Yes. I've spoken about yeah. this, the guy who lives down in Totnes. Yeah. Well, I want to go down next year when the weather gets better because um, I want to take him up on the offer because it will be amazing. So... Um, Midway through conversation, uh, I was saying, "Oh yeah, we should we should go and do this next year. It should be really fun." Um, and I I wrote, um, "When the weather is better and it's not getting wetter, we need to go down to Totnes. My great uncle, the artist, makes canoes. They're the largest. I'm sure they're bound to impress. He's offered to take me, a friend or a lady, up the river to listen to birds. It's a beautiful place. We can sit and embrace until thoughts and emotion are blurred." I was just that was like nine o'clock in the morning. I just send that off. Jesus, um, we're such different people, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, grief. But yeah, it's quite fun actually trying to trying to write convincing rhyme and it not sounding um, twee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's something you should all try. It's good fun. So before we we finish up, uh, there is an email uh, that I had noticed here, which I don't think we've we've read out uh, from Emily McGregor, called a really big boy. It is a big boy. Uh, now, normally we wouldn't read out an email this length, 
Um, but I think this is going to be worth it. And also, this is just going to round out the episode. So let me let okay. me read this to you, dear readers. Emily McGregor writes, Dear Messrs. Clark and Moore, I've been a reader of the Digest for quite some time now. I love it when people call this a Digest. I really do. Um, yeah, yeah. And I've never felt the urge to correspond until recently. I'm currently in the last two weeks of the roughly two months worth of exams, which will mark the end of my high school education, thank God. And Hooray. as I entered the November half of the session, I couldn't help but be reminded of when I first really got into the cast about this time a year ago. Brace yourself, gents. It gets personal. For context, I'm not sure how it works elsewhere, but in South Africa, grade 11 exams are pretty important. Maybe more important than finals in grade 12. Really acing them means provisional acceptance into your degree of choice at your university of choice and a guaranteed spot at a residence. And I wanted to apply for medicine, which meant I needed tippy-toppy marks, tip-top marks. Um, I'd always been an academic, and this goal had always seemed reachable until things started to get a tad squirrel... Squirrelly. That's really hard to say. The frequency and severity of headaches isn't something most people record or remember. If you think back to two years ago, I doubt you'd be able to say with confidence whether it was once or three times worth the pain pill or not. For me, over the course of a year or maybe a year and a half, they started edging from three times a month to three times a week to almost all day, every day. There was this kind of gradual creep that wasn't really noticeable until it suddenly it was and I wasn't able to function the way I once had. Jeez, I know how you feel. I live with Dan. Several doctors later, I learned my constant headache was a migraine, probably. And I learned that most people don't fall suddenly and severely ill over the course of a day or two, then get better again overnight. Something that had been happening to me with increasing regularity for years. This too was a kind of migraine. And so I was severe and atypical, chronic and episodic and not too happy. Bearing in mind, this came to a head in the last third, the most vital, most stressful, most criticalist third of my most important year of high school. I had a booking with a neurologist on the day that school finished, complete with an overnight hospital stay, MRI and ECG. But in between then and now were final exams, and what my doctor semi-jokingly referred to as a pending codeine addiction. I was also on a kind of neuroleptic that reduced the pain but made it hard to eat, and worse, hard to think and speak and write clearly. Something I'd never struggled with before in my life, and I kept thinking about brain tumours. Enter stage left, the wikicast. Oh, Lord, things are about to get really bad or much better. Um, during what I think was the worst period... Yeah, it's going to get worse. What I thought was the worst period of my life, I listened to your wonderful non-content, and it made a world of difference. I can't really articulate why or how exactly, but it really, really did. And so I'm writing to you because it feels incredibly odd to have this relationship with you two during this unspeakably fragile time and for you to know nothing about it. One year later, I'm doing so much better. Still in chronic pain, and we still don't really know why, but it's manageable now. I will indeed be studying medicine next year, and I don't have a tumour... It's not a tumour or a side effect stutter and I feel happy more often than not. Although I've become the worst kind of casual fan imaginable. Thank you guys and apologies for the essay. Yours, Emily, age 18 and five sixths. Ah, oh, Emily. Emily! Well, we're, Hurrah, what I, a lovely note to end on. I know, wow. right? I am so glad that we read that out. I am, I'm so glad that we I feel all warm help. and fuzzy. Yeah, absolutely. How on earth? Yeah, I mean, speaking as someone who, I mean, I, I can sympathise with with having a kind of like a, a a medical interruption in that kind of time in your academic life because that was for me the same time when I had my spontaneous pneumothorax when my lung collapsed mm. in my final year of IB, which is Not massively <laughs> stressful. So I know I know the kind of the, the stress that it puts on you. So um, yeah, and we're so glad that we actually managed to give some form of. Of health. Somehow you listening to us made you have fewer headaches, not more headaches. Um, I'm still not really quite sure how the science of that works, but I'm not going to question it. 
Well, thank you so much for writing in, Emily. That was a big old read, but I'm very, very glad I read it. So best of luck Absolutely, for medicine, yeah. Mike. Congratulations on getting into the course. Mm. <clears throat> I'm going to try and get through this whole aspect without coughing. Okay. And that's all for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe wait, to us on your what, podcasting what are you doing? service. Of- what, are you, what are you doing? We, we haven't reviewed the episode yet. Oh, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, I could cough now. Oh, all right. Um... So, Simon, what have we learnt today? Well, Daniel, I'm glad you asked, uh, because we were talking about Orgy. Uh, Orgies. Orgy, a village in southeast Nigeria, uh, located in the Oweri North local government area of Imo State. We talked about that for a bit. We talked about Nigeria and about Tom Noon's choir tour to Nigeria for some reason. Yeah. Uh, We ended up talking about um, Christmas, our respective Christmas Christmas trees, trees, advent calendars, we had uh, my two musical recommendations, uh, which one from Coral Corner, which is uh, Herbert Howell's Here is the Little Door, um, which is very, very fine indeed. And uh, re, uh, recom- what was it? Recomposed? Re- Max Richter. Uh, recom- I think it's just called Recomposed the Valdi by Recomposed Max Richter. or something. Yeah, like that. the Four Seasons. Yeah. It's got a grey and yellow album cover. It's very, very good. Uh, we spoke sadly about Crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> and um, about the name of the wind and the, the name of the jam. wind and the jingle jam and then uh, after that we had we, some, we had a new crisis Patreon corner we had a very serious crisis and do readers please do write in spongeelectric.gmail.com with crisis corner in the subject mm-hmm. line we anonymize everything that's sent um and then after that we had a really lovely correspondence corner i'm very very glad that we finished on that note very 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 heartwarming thank you so much emily for emailing in we love this is the thing if you want to just email in and it's just inane stuff too it doesn't have to be super you know heartwarming and lovely and 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 emotional um we just love hearing from you Uh, yeah absolutely (laughs) so so yeah if anything just email in sending get well soon wishes to me because i want to i want to get well soon (laughs) yeah please 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 send your wishes to spongeelectricgmail.com uh, so Please. I don't have to listen to Dan's coughing. Right, I can, can, I do, can I do my bit now? Yes, yes, now is the time. Yeah. That's all for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. You can like us on Facebook. And if you'd like to see our faces, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Fantastic Beasts reviews, heartwarming correspondence, and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole. And, and we'll, we'll see, see you next time. time.